0: I want to talk a little bit today to you uh, from um, the subject, the foundation of the Lord. This is part two. I told you how I came to this message, and and I want it to be a message that blesses you, um, a message that shows you that you are not here as an afterthought. You're not here because uh, God says, oh, I forgot and did something. Uh, you are here uh, by the purposes of God. And, and even when he does not answer you when you call, he doesn't immediately answer you. Uh, he doesn't do everything that you want him to do. He knows what's best, and uh, that's why he holds, he holds back. I was telling someone uh, uh, yesterday or the day before how when my son was about six years old, he came in one day and asked me for a truck, and I told him that, uh, okay, when, when we get a, sh- a chance, we'll go to Toys R Us, and we'll get you a truck. He said, oh, I'm not talking about that kind of truck. <laughs> he said, I want a truck. And, uh, and, and of course, I thought it was kind of funny and maybe a little bit ridiculous, but God spoke to me, and he said, if you were to give him the truck now, he, he wouldn't be able to handle it, but when he gets old enough, I want you to give him a truck. Now, now, unlike my son, when he got old enough, he didn't want a truck anymore. He wanted a Mustang. <laughs> it's a true story. He wanted a Mustang. And so we, we, we substituted the uh, the Mustang for the truck. But I, I, I'm saying that there are a lot of times we're asking God for things, and God doesn't give them because he knows it's not the proper time. It's not that He cannot give it, or I can't afford it. He can afford it, and uh, he is a generous heart, so he's able to give it, but he withholds not to make us uncomfortable, but he uh, withholds for our good. So when we think about these amazing blessings that God has given us in Christ, I want us to be as one who knows uh, whose child you are, and then I want you to be, as it were, one who has a voracious appetite. You are you, healthy, and you can eat, uh, and you can continue to eat. That's really what I would like for you to do today, as I share a little bit more about the foundation of the Lord. It is imperative that we truly internalize uh, that God became a man. I know we say it, and, and I know that we believe it, but it's... It 's important that we really internalize that is it becomes reality within us, that God became a man, a flesh and blood man, a, bre- a man who breathed who had to breathe to live, and who was born of a woman, uh, and the fact that Jesus is completely human, that is fully human. Uh, it does not negate the fact that he is fully God, but he is fully human. Now, I've had to really think about it and think about it and meditate on that. How can you be fully human and fully God? Well, he is. He has a birth date. You know, he, he, he's, he, he, he was born of a woman. Uh, and so he is fully God without any contradiction. He is God in a human body. He lived a sinless life, died as a man. Died as a man because God cannot die. He died as a man. The man died, but rose to life again by the power of God. It's amazing. So I want us to understand that. So when we talk about our foundation, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, this, this child who was born and the son who was given. This is what Isaiah tells us, the child was born, but the son was given. We want to understand that. We want to understand the, the power of his resurrection and the vindication of his resurrection. Uh, Jesus does not have to be vindicated by, by uh, sitting on the throne of God. The resurrection was his vindication, because he was proven in the resurrection to be the Son of God with power. That's, this is our foundation. A foundation is not built on anything that we can think of that happened yesterday. It, it, it preceded time and space. In his resurrection, he became something. Uh, I used to have problems with that because I'm, I'm really jealous for God. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I'm really jealous for the Lord. I, I don't like for people to minimize him. I don't like for people to ascribe something to him that's not real or accurate. And sometimes it's all I can do to hold myself, to to keep from messing up somebody's sermon. But he became something. Uh, uh, Peter tells us he became Lord and Christ. Uh, I used to want to say, well, Peter, what do you mean he became Lord and Christ? Jesus is everything, yes, but... He wants to show you what happened in that resurrection. The resurrection was a great vindication. But he also became a life-giving spirit in the resurrection. We'll talk about that more perhaps uh, later at some juncture. Uh, And he is also the first of a new mankind. So I want you to understand the foundation that God has given to you uh, and this reality that God has given to you, you can do something with it now. It's not like, well, let's wait in the, to the millennium. Oh, we're going to have this in heaven. No, much of this is for right now because we're not going to have all this devilish stuff in heaven we're not going to have all these demonic acts in heaven. We're not going to have all this wickedness and unrighteousness in heaven. So God has strengthened us and fortified the church now. And we have assembled here so that we can find out what it is he wants us to do. And then go out and do it not by our own uh, abilities, but we do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus became a life-giving spirit in his resurrection, the first of a new mankind. The first of a new mankind. I know we talk about that a lot, and, and sometimes we're bombarded. Uh, we talk about that a lot, Jesus being uh, um, a life-giving spirit. But I'm not too sure we're internalizing the truth of that. What did that bring to you? It, it brought to you an ability to overcome everything that the enemy brings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's huge to me, because in my life, I have felt sometimes like, this one is too big. God, I'm I'm sorry, Lord, but this is too big, but it's never been too big. I may have stumbled. Oh, 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 I may have not done as well as I could have had I known more, had I really known the truth of God internally. Oh, I I knew it with my head, but was it really submitted in my heart? Because we are who and what God says we are. And we are that from the foundation upward. From the foundation upward. Whatever is coming against you right now in your life is not more formidable than the spirit who lives within you. It's not. doesn't matter. You say, oh, okay, oh, okay. Oh, stop that stuff. You are better than that. You are a child of God. You are able. Be, be in touch today with that enablement. So this amazing Christ, yes, yes. This amazing Christ, he, he's not just, as it were, Jesus and, or just the Son of God in a sense. I mean, uh, the, the, you can never say just that, just that. But sometimes that's our thinking. Uh, oh, he is that, and that's nice. I know those things about him. But he is the prototype of the new humanity which we are. So he is the first of this new humanity which we are. And so John tries to give us an understanding by saying, as he is, so are we in this world. So I, I, I hear sometimes brothers and sisters say, uh, yes, yeah, but, but I'm, not, I'm not God. No, you're not God, but you are a son of God. Right. Right. Oh, God. You know? You have the Spirit of God, and that's where I'm leading. You have the Spirit of God, Amen. your new humanity. Amen. And what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do about that? You know, the, the, when, when in the beginning, the Scripture says in Genesis that, that, that uh, there was darkness. It was, as it were, chaos over the deep. There was The world was void and without form. Something had happened to cause this beautiful creation to be, uh, as it were, uh, chaotic. But the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, hovering over the chaos, waiting on God to say something. And I believe that about us. If the Holy Spirit is in you just waiting, but not waiting on you, as it were, but waiting on God. It, you should be so in touch with the Holy Spirit that it, it's not that you can dictate to the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there are people who do that. I don't. I mean, you don't have to be like Don Lavelle, but I don't do that because I read that he listens to the Father and the Son. And so my responsibility now is to be connected to the Father and the Son so that the Word will go out, that the Holy Spirit will move. That's how I believe. So he is who we are growing to be. That's who he is. He is the one we are growing up into, if I may say. We are growing up and into him. Wow, this is amazing. This amazing Jesus. This amazing Jesus who is now a real, living, breathing, spiritual man who has a flesh and bone body, who has ascended to and has sat down on the throne of God. You've heard that how many times? hundred times? But he is a living, breathing, spiritual man who has a flesh and bone body. We always say flesh and bone because he shed his blood. He shed his blood, and his blood is the only blood that speaks. And one day, you and I will have a spiritual flesh and bone body. We're not going to have type O, type B, and type something positive and something negative. Because his blood is the only blood that will speak forever. Now, he, the first of this uh, new mankind is ruling all things visible and invisible this is so big isn't it the lord jesus is the first person who has gone into the invisible realm in a human body so so what this informs me it, 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 it informs me to the point that i know in my knower that there's nothing the enemy is forming that will be able to defeat me Amen. you should have the same view Because Jesus, in a flesh and bone body, went into the invisible realm in a body. He says, this is where you and I are going as well. This man, Jesus, is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our God. But he is also, according to Scripture, our forerunner, showing us the way. He runs first. He goes first. He is our captain who goes first. So so what does this mean? What does this mean to you? Is it just that, okay, you and I will go and we'll have a, a, a spiritual body and we'll be able to go? No. It means that nothing visible, nothing that you can see, or nothing you cannot see can overcome you. That's what it means. Nothing will overcome you, this is what God is is in my view i don 't want to say trying, but I would say this is what God is presently inculcating in the people of God. He is embedding this in the people of God Amen. Amen. now now, now there 's kind of come a time, and i, I 'm I'm, I'm moving a little bit too slowly but but, but let me just give you because i 'm not going to get there, I know but but God wants, there's a time coming when all of this will have been consummated. And once it's all consummated, you and I will be there in real time. This is where God has taken you. He has taken you to a place of rulership, but he wants you to be intimately and thoroughly acquainted with your foundation. Amen. Who is Christ, because you and I have inherited And we are part of an unshakable kingdom. That means that our foundation is unshakable. It's immovable. Therefore, you and I can have immovable faith. We can have immovable trust. We can have immovable confidence. This is what God wants because of the way he's built you. As I said last week, he has built you to overcome. He has built you to last. Yeah. Mm. So I want to encourage you to bravely face everything in life, knowing what the Father has given you in Christ and the glorious present and the glorious future He has prepared for you. Not just the glorious future, but the glorious present that I can see myself in real time overcoming. Wow, man. That's big. Hmm. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, uh, Jesus says, uh, Jesus is speaking here, and he says to, uh, to Peter, and I also say to you that you are Peter, because Peter had said to him, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. You are God's only son. And, and so Peter uh, had this amazing revelation. Jesus explains the revelation by saying, Peter, flesh and blood did not tell you this because flesh and blood doesn't know this. There are things you and I know that flesh and blood people who live in our neighborhood do not know. But yet, so many of us feel like, oh, I'm just like you. Really? Really? He says to you, when he says you're the Christ, then Peter knew who he was because of the revelation of Christ. You and I will never fully know who we are until we have a real revelation of Christ. Yes. That is, when you are seated here, don't just be seated here. but Listen, learn, understand who Jesus is. And when you know who Jesus is, then you know who you are because as he is, so are you. You are Peter. His name was Simon. He said, but you are Peter. You are Cephas. You are a piece of the rock. And on this rock I will build my church. But no, on me I will build my church. On the Petra I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Shall not. Are you going through something? I say the gates of, of hell shall not prevail against you. Amen. Shall not, cannot. So the gospel of Jesus and his kingdom is not just as we would consider a basic thing. It is that, but much, much, much more. It, it speaks of eternal foundation, eternal foundation, because you were in the heart of God before you ever made the earth on which you stand. So, what does that say? That says it says to me that nothing in the realm of the earth can overcome. And it certainly should not shake us. So it speaks of permanence. And so, as is the foundation, so is the building. As is the foundation, so is the building. In John chapter 1. Uh, verses 1 through 5, you know it's favorite, you know it by now, all of it. It says, in the beginning was the Word. So God started you with the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Nothing was made that was made. Now, let's look at Colossians as we continue our study, because we want you to understand Fully who you are and what you have, and the one on whom you are constructed. In Colossians chapter 1, we're talking about preeminence and sovereignty, that which uh, has the highest rank and the one who has the authority to rule over everything. We're talking about Jesus in that. And so Paul tells us in verse 15 that Christ Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. I know we have talked about that a lot. But what are you gaining? What are you receiving from that? He is the image of the invisible God. The God that you cannot see has been portrayed clearly among us in a human body. Nothing nothing stopped him. I never saw him in a panic as I read the scripture. Never was in a panic. He never said, oh my God, what are you going to do? Well, don't you love me, Father? He never did never did that. And, and, and the, the the, picture of Jesus being in Nazareth is the one that really gets me. You know, when Jesus was in Nazareth, he was, um, and he read the scriptures from, from the book of Isaiah, and he talked about, uh, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He read that scripture uh, because he, you know, he sent me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, et cetera. And he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And, uh, and then they were fine with that because they thought those were gracious words. But when he began to talk about God, including people who were not them, they got angry. When he talked about, about uh, uh, many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, the prophet, but to none of them uh, was the prophet sent except to a widow of Zarephath, a Gentile. There were many lepers in Israel in the days of Elisha the prophet, but to none of them was the prophet sent, I mean, or, or nobody was healed, rather, but Naaman the Syrian. And they said, how dare you? How dare you mess with our nation? How dare you say that? We are God's chosen people. And they grabbed him up to kill him. And God the Father allowed them to take him to the brow of the hill. And I believe that when God the Father allowed them to take him, Jesus, to the cliff that says to me that God will allow our situations and circumstances to take us to the cliff. I have been to the cliff more than I want. I guess I have to go to the cliff until I learn that the cliff has no power or authority over me. Yeah. Let's look at these things realistically. Let's look at them in God. And so he says that he is the image of the invisible God, and secondly, he is the firstborn over all creation. The firstborn uh, tells us two things. It tells us that he preceded the whole creation. It tells us he was before uh, creation, and also now he is Lord over the creation. So what does that bring to me as a believer? Then if he preceded it and I was in his heart, that means he's going to take care of me in the midst of this stuff. And it, it tells me also he's ruling over it, so then he is in charge of my circumstances. He may not have, as it were, created them, but he is in charge of them. And he is protecting me while I'm in that particular place. That's what God says. To know Jesus Christ is so huge do so we don't, we don't want to look at Jesus as somebody who helps us out of a bind, helps us out of a difficult situation. He just takes the load off, and then I'll need him the next time there's a load. No, I need him every day. In verse 16, Paul goes on to explain in Colossians 1, verse 16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. All things. Now, this is our foundation. This is the one on whom we are built. This is the one uh, who is also our building material. He says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. So all of the rulers, all of the angels, whatever God has out there that we have never seen, he says it all is from him. Yes, yes, yes. And we are in him. All things were created through him and for him. All things were created through him and for him. So I, I think about it. I meditate on it. All things were created through him, by him, now through him, and for him. Who is this man? Who is this man? We call him Savior. We call him Deliverer. We call him Lord. Who is this man? He is our life. Who is this man? He is everything. He is my life, yes. My very breath, yes. The lover of my soul, yes. Yes. The love of my life, yes. Who is this man? And he should be the love of your life too. This is amazing. They were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. All things consist. In him, everything is held together. So you are held together. In him, it's through him. And he goes on to say he is the head of the body of the church. He is the head of the body of the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence? You ask yourself, why did Jesus have to die? Because we, we died. And Jesus died to have the preeminence to be the very first in everything. Even the one who was raised from the dead. He is the first person ever, the first human to ever be raised from the dead to die no more. That's big. What does that mean? That means that death has no power over him, has no dominion over him. It means sin has no dominion over him. Sin can't do anything against him. That's what it means. Nor can it you. Nor can it you. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. He says, having made known to us the mystery of his will. So, Father God has made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. This is a glorious future. This is a glorious future. That God's desire is to gather together in one, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And this, this is what he's saying. He says, God's desire, you and I, whatever's going against us, you just go through it because God's not going to let these things overcome you, because they couldn't overcome the Spirit who lives in you. You may go through some knocks, but that's okay. They can't overcome the Spirit who lives in you. Now listen to what he says. So God's desire is that there's a time coming, and I believe we're close to it, it's called the fullness of time. The dispensation of the fullness of the times. He might gather together... Everything that is in heaven and on earth in the one. Notice. You say, well, what does that do? What is that? What is that? Right now, right now, at this very moment, this very millisecond, you and I are connected with heaven. We are connected with heaven because we are a body and our head is in heaven. And if the head is in heaven... The body's on the earth, but we're connected. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I'm connected with heaven right now, so I don't have to wear old oh, shoes. No, do I, I? Do you have to be taken to the cliff again? You, your head is in heaven. Your body is on earth. We are connected, but there's coming up a particular time in our history where it's going to be totally clear to even the weakest of us that we are connected. Yeah. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah, somebody. Wow. Mm. Oh, Father, help us. Help us to understand this foundational thing, who our foundation is, and and who Christ is, and what you have planned for us. For if our head is in heaven, we are in heaven. And if the body is on on the earth, then Christ is on the earth. I pray today that we would fully understand the truth of God, and that we would not, not, not let these temporal matters disrupt us and cause us anguish knowing that you are for us you are for us you died you rose again you are for us you were declared to be the son of God with power by your resurrection no one had ever been resurrected to stay resurrected for his is the man wants to die and after that the judgment. But we rose in you. We rose in you. We had an amazing experience in you. In you. We, we have this amazing experience. Why should men want to know how to make more money? How to be socially accepted? They want a political appointment. Lord, you have appointed us as sons of God. You've made us sons of God through Christ. I want to thank you for that. You're an amazing and powerful God. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving us insurmountable strength insurmountable strength. Strength that no one can take away. That no one can defeat. I want to thank you for this reality. Lord, Lord, we are made to be the image of Christ on the earth. As you were the image of God we must be your image and when we have grown into that image then the dispensation of the fullness of the times will have been completed. I pray that we would grasp this amazing truth and when the dispensation of the fullness of times has come we will stand before you so perfect perfect people people who have reached the goal of God who have fulfilled his purpose i thank you in the name of Jesus your son for such a plan, such purpose, such a blessing. Thank you, Father. Amen.